phone call as soon as the bloody podcast starts. You better answer it <laughs> on the pod. Oh, I already hung up. It was dad. Doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to this. He went. <laughs> <laughs> no one does a better unintentional Chris Scott impression than Sam. <laughs> I, I think it's unusual to see a to see a team control the game statistically and, and still not come away with a win. I mean, yes. you, you're a man of the world. You've clearly seen a lot of things that I could scarce, scarcely imagine. Or I've seen a man's head blown to pieces before. Jesus Christ. Sometimes you need to bring in head explosions to really drive home the points that this is serious. Yes, yes, absolutely. I couldn't take it more seriously. You're the first caller ever, Wayne from Warren Ponds. Welcome to the Chaps Chat Cats. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's an honour to be uh, the uh, the first caller, guys. Uh, while we're on the subject of uh, of the podcast and you guys being just uh, just absolutely stand up blokes, you're a pack of bloody morons. All right, you're a pack of morons. Just off the top, can we finally acknowledge that I finally put together the perfect intro? Was it different? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake Botel, and I'm joined in the virtual studio, as always, by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, chaps? Good. Yes, doing good. Doing fantastically. Another week. What about boys? yourself, Jake? We don't we don't ask you enough. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm awesome. We've got another episode. We've got we like we we've, we've got this one obviously. I mean, we're going to do an episode. I was saying this to somebody. Um, I can't remember if it was on Instagram or whatever. Um, like we're going to be shooting through the off season. Like it's going to be we, the intention is an episode a week through the off season to get you through the dark days of summer without any footy, uh, and then ramping back up um, into AFLW coverage and away we go. But we've guaranteed ourselves another live game preview once it's guaranteed final... we don't have to we don't have to drag out any content <laughs> to a whole episode we've got... <laughs> yeah <laughs> they've gifted us content so we're definitely going to do an episode it's just going to be a lot easier this way exactly exactly Absolutely. um you know i'm doing really well uh, obviously psyched after the weekend um and just yeah psyched to get into it's it's been an awesome first season of the Chaps Chat Cats, I feel like, and starting to get some people reach out and, and sort of... Um, a pretty stable listener base. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and good people too. Top people. Absolutely. Um, Top cap supporters. We share We're not this... biased in any way, of course. No, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely not. Not biased in any way, shape or form. Um, no, biased towards the cats. That's the only way. And that's the people the that way. give us a listen. Yeah, absolutely. And one of those but apart people from that, we're not biased at all. Who gives us a listen is uh, Evan Rubio. We shared Evan's review um, from Apple Podcasts on the live show, but I thought just in case people who don't watch the live He's show, sure. may, maybe people who just listen to the podcast. Yeah, we, so we had a five-star review on Apple Podcasts from Evan. Um, best cats pod out there. Love the blokes and humor and the analysis. Really good. It's just a pleasant listen, and I end up laughing a lot too. Fucking thanks, Evan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reviewing. Thanks for giving us the five-star rating. Um, and you too can have a review. Legends. Red out. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Oh, go oh. for it. Sorry. You go. I was, what? No, I was, I was just saying John took my exact, my verbatim oh. <laughs> uh, compliment. I, I was going to say I, dead set legend. No, you got that. I said um, dead set fucking legend. Yeah. 
What a fucking ripping legend. Really wanted, to, really wanted to drop some some real bad words there just uh, <laughs> to pump that up. But uh, and and Evan, tell us how badly we've slaughtered your last name. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because I'm, I'm uh, because <laughs> we're saying it with panache at least. Evan Rubio. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we're, we're 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 failing we're failing with uh, with grace and yeah. swinging for the fences. The Rubio. 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 Oh, Ruben uh, sandwich. The Rube. I like it. Um, we could call him ER, but that. You know, I don't know if you want the nickname the ER. It's like, I don't know. Um, it sounds like a good uh, nickname for a footballer, the ER. Yeah. What, put what people in the ER. <laughs> that's the right, ER is going to take care of him. That's what Asava Radigalia does when he cleans up a pack. ER coming no, through. Um, so we so can you, call the rat ER, ER. Because that's the sound it makes after he crashes a pack. E R E R E R. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, and you know, if I'm not mistaken, his initials would be E R as well. You're yes. not mistaken at all, Indeed. John. You're not mistaken at all. Oh, almost like Jake knew that would be the case. Yeah. I can't guarantee that was. True. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for a minute, going, "How, how did he spell his name?" Um, the, the better be an E and R, the outliers. I'll sound really silly. <laughs> um, so, if you want to get a review read out, <laughs> if you want to get a communique read out on the show, I mean, one, you can just email us, but two, if you want to give us a five star review on the Apple Podcast, go over to Apple Podcast, give us the five stars, and write a review. You can ask a question, um, say good day, tell us where you're listening in from, and we'll read them out on the show, share them on Twitter, etc. Um, would love to have, here's a goal. Here's a goal. One, I'm going to be setting some goals for listenership and followers over the off season. So that by next season, you know, we can be at a certain number um, by the time uh, AFLW rocks around, but two, let's try and get up to, I think we've got three, five star ratings on there at the moment. And I know we've got a bigger listenership than three people. Um, so I want to see us get into double figures and I want to see us get into double figures by this time next week, seven days. This time next week. Jake. I thought you were going to say by the next season. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 double I figures. Like, we've, got, like we've, challenge. we've got three at the moment, three, five star ratings and a couple of reviews. in. More this. than triple Jake, more than triple you want by this yep. time next week. Yeah. I, our listeners, not only are they what? people of impeccable class and intelligence, they're also people of great passion and commitment. And I have faith that our listener Absolutely. base are going to get on there. They're going to tell their friends to get on there. We're going to get this up to a, to a double figures, five-star ratings for the Chap Chat Cats. I just have what that if, What if they don't listen? What if they don't listen through Apple Podcasts, Jake? Is there, is there other avenues for which they can give us five-star ratings? Unfortunately, Spotify doesn't allow you to. So, uh, look, I'll, I'll give you that. But even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, you can still just go on and sling us a five-star rating on the, on the Apple Podcasts website because you can look no, it up so on Apple Podcasts. No, nah, don't have to be a member. Just go on, bang on a five-star rating, even if you listen on Spotify normally, and help us climb those ratings. Uh, on Spotify, you can subscribe and all that sort of thing. So that's the way you can do it Thanks, there. Let's do it. Let's get to double figures. 
and do it. And as I said, over the off season, I've got ideas. We'll set some targets and we'll do some special episodes or something for the, for the listeners out there. We'll do a special event. There was talk of a bingo night, a Chaps Chat Cats bingo night or something that we, we received some positive feedback for. Maybe if we hit certain targets over the off season, we can have a Chaps Chat Cats listen to bingo night or something like that. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that off air. That'll be fun. I'll be, I'll be up for that. Yeah, I reckon. Obviously. Fun. John's up for practically anything here. Um, yeah, practically. All right. I'm going to crack into some jersey numbers and then I'm going to recap the game briefly and then throw to you guys. Get us them Guernseys. Yeah, takeaways. Let's look at the Cats' Guernseys. We're up to number 32. Um, and this one should be an easy oh. nickname to follow. Jim Money was the first Cats player to wear the number 32. He wore it twice in 1928. Jim Money. Oh, so many. It's Bills. I like Bills. I like Hunge Bills. Can we call Hunch it? Bills? Let's go Hunge Bills. Jim Hunge Bills, Bills Money. I like it. I just want to call him Cash Money. Jim Cash, Cash Money. money. Um, I was thinking num- of um, Money Penny Money. Oh, Money oh, Penny. Yes. Call him Penny. Money Penny, that's the one. Money like Penny. It. Uh, the number that's big long two wasn't huge. That's what she said. Um, wasn't hugely popular. Oh, I, was for that. Like, oh. I didn't even know. I was like, I'm wow. not like, <laughs> <hanging through."> <laughs> also, what she said. <laughs> you said you weren't going, going to go there. I know, but Jake, and then you went there. Jake already dragged <laughs> us down into the mud. <laughs> you know, down to all right. Blackmire. We're Take us one minute to get one, one jersey number. So the number 32 wasn't hugely popular across the 1930s, 40s, and early 50s. But then we had, um, so across that span, you had a couple of players, Bill Ick, Wally Russell, and Loy Stewart. The only three players to wear it more than 10 times in that span. Bill mm. Ick, Wally Russell, Loy Stewart. Um, so Ick can be fish. I've missed something here. <laughs> so ick can be. Fish. I believe ick is a fish disease. Oh Jesus! That's that's a, <laughs> a skewer nickname. <laughs> John swinging from the swinging for the fences with, with the yeah. fish diseases. Yeah, John, John just coming in with his marine biology here. The doctor yeah. is in the house. Um, <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I think we should call Wally. Wally should just be Kurt. Kurt Russell. <laughs> Let's call Lloyd Stewart Tommy. Um, Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> boy. Uh, fuck. You know what? John's not wrong. John's not wrong. Hey! Ick is one of the most common diseases encountered in tropical fish. Cool, bro. You can't get him last night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't say we don't educate you either. I mean, right, maybe everyone it. out there already knew it. I didn't fucking know it, but maybe all of our <laughs> listeners did. But if you didn't, you've got your value out of it already. And you're only, only fucking 15 Dude. minutes in or some shit. Go and throw some more fish diseases in with your five-star rating. Um, yeah, <laughs> five stars. Good podcast. Learned about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sums it up. Yeah, that's right. Perfectly. I feel like <laughs> when we set out to do this podcast, this was exactly what we wanted to do. Um, Clive well, Brown, cats and fish. Clive Brown really blend well together. Cats and Johnny, fish. Make yep. them with cats oh. and fish forever. I like it. Um, oh, yeah. 
Johnny as the doctor is starting to um. So I think the the doctor or so doc doc Larkin added to the long list of <laughs> long list of Johnny Larkin nicknames. Yeah, Absolutely, squirrel. Jesus, that's just another one. Um, be up to close to fifty now. <laughs> fifty. Um, Clive Brown wore the 32 72 times from nineteen fifty five to nineteen sixty. David Harris. Wore it 44 times from 1969 to 1972. Um, you had Gary Hocking wore the number 275 times, kicked 243 goals in a career from 1987 to 2001. What a massive career that was for Gary Hocking. Um, I mean, Stephen, I'm, I'm, sorry, you go. I was going to say, um, Hocking can be our um, puck. Puck, hockey. Well, isn't um, isn't there another? Oh, isn't there a fish called a hockey? Hokey? Yeah, hokey. Hokey. I'm going fish go. fish related <laughs> nicknames tonight. We're, we're back again. Here we we're, are. <laughs> can we just call him? Steve? I wonder how I wonder how prone to ick the hokey is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be able to tell you that. If there's any marine <laughs> biologists um, listening to the show, please tell us more. I like, we need to have hey, a. There might be a is on the coast. That's right. Yeah. Maybe off-season fish episode. Um... Maybe. <laughs> Get Rex Hunt on. <laughs> oh, give it a, give it a, give it a. That's all, folks. Uh, Jeremy, I I... Jeremy Cameron. Oh, that would have been Fisher. Fisherman. You know, Colin. Colin behind the glass just dropped the ball in a major way there. Um, you know, Rex Hunt reference. And apparently, you pronounce it how key. How key. Howkey or, or hokey, the like the hokey. F- the phonetics of it has o w h dot o w dot k e e. Howkey, howkey. Well, there you uh, go. else we learn? Shit, right? two things in one minute. Okay. <laughs> if that's I'm not really the point, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> please, bloody hell. How many more lessons do you want? You guys, we should start the chat. Let's, let's go for one. If we can have one more lesson, we can start the our chat masterclass, fish masterclass. Jake, chat. it's your turn next to uh, teach us something new. All right. The, the chaps Google fucking facts about fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, what fish shall we Google next? Uh, your mum. <laughs> your mum fish. <laughs> Go on. Let's get out of here. Let's move. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, on the ch- like, chat like, your mum's the catfish um, on Facebook. Um, all right. So, uh, <laughs> Gar- 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 on Tinder. Yeah. Gary Hawking, uh, we said, wore it 275 times, 243. Oh, we went Gary Hawking. What we're up to is Steve Motlop, uh, Stephen Motlop. I want to know how many times, how many games you guys think he wore the number. 32 because i was surprised um sam go to you first what's your guesstimate on how many times I, I, go goal I have go no games f- and goals games and goals how many games how many goals i have no fucking clue honestly what years was he active uh, all right us? so i'll give you that he was there from 2010 to 2017 okay <sighs> No, nah, I don't know. Like that's the like, the reason right. I asked when he when he fucking that was the period where I had no idea. Somewhere I was, I'll go I was, this. I'll give you this. Well out of it. 
It's somewhere. Now, let's see if John. Before, oh, hang on, sorry. hang on. Don't bring John down into the mud with me. John might have a better guess. Before you give us, before you narrow it down for us, all right. See if John can 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 have a better guess from the from the get go. Mm, I'm thinking about one twenty. All right. I was trying to read Jake's face to see how he would react. Nothing. He's got a good poker face going. Nothing. I feel like it's about to one hundred to one hundred twenty mark, somewhere around there. All right. All right. I'm going to, because Jake said he was surprised. Mm. I'm going to say it's more. I'm going to go 160. All right. What about Jake's laughing now, which makes me think he was surprised by how few. It's four. He played four games. (laughs) No, he played 60. (laughs) What about, what about goals? How many goals did he kick? I'll, I'll say you. he played about 120. I reckon he was sort of about 180. All right. John's gone 120, 180. Goals. Sam's at 160. What goals are you going to give him? Maybe 180. Oh, no, I'll go 150 goals. I was going to say, I'm going to go with 180. If I'm going, if I'm going 160, I'm going to go 180. All right. Okay. So you guys, you're in the ballpark. So Stephen Motlop wore it 135 times and kicked 175 goals. So definitely, nice. Said, yeah, nice. I think you've, you've done all right there for yourself. All right, you've done uh, well, John. I just jumped on John's bandwagon. After, <laughs> uh, 2000, 2000 well, appeared from like 2011 until about 2017. I was well, I was not following the football. If you want our answers, <laughs> yeah. if you take my games played and Sam's goal score, we've basically got it correct. We have. I'll yeah. give you a so point. Work, ding, ding, ding. Um <laughs> So the last one I've got here is current player. Do you know who wears it currently? The number 32? 32. Mm-hmm. He's been playing in the side is since it... 2019. Ah, it's 2019. Gary Brown when he's running backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um. 32. Is he a is he a, a regular starter? Yes. Jesus Christ, really? Okay. Why do I feel like it's Tom Stewart? You would be incorrect. That's, I was gonna say, it's not Tom, Tom Stewart. It's not Tommy Stewart's 44, isn't um, it? Corey Enright's old. old yeah, it's not um Zach Tui. No, it is not Zach Tui. This is great. I love the. This is it's fantastic, fantastic yeah, content. Um, now, fuck, they can they, look. They can handle a little bit of radio silence. We've talked two things about two right. things about fish already. What more do they want? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> all right, do you, it's not Do you want me It's to not get, close, is it? Is it 20, close? No. But you're was I close? close. You're close. Oh. Oh, Brian Myers. Myers. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Brian Myers, 60 games and kicked 58 goals. So almost a goal a game since 2019. Um, Brian Myers. In the VFLW, so in the women's side of things, you've got Brianna Pratt, uh, who wears the number 32 for the VFLW team. Uh, actually played for Casey in 2019. Has had a great season for the Catters in 2021. Played 17 games, going at 11.4 disposals per game and 2.9 tackles on average. So that's up in most of the statistical categories from her season in 2019. So Brianna Pratt, number 32 for the VFLW side. All right. I'm going to recap 
Um, for anyone who didn't watch the game or anyone who needs a bit of a reminder, Geelong travelled after a loss to Port Adelaide in Adelaide in the first week of finals. Um, that meant the Cats would have to take the long route to the grand final. They set up shop in Western Australia uh, and took on the GWS Giants at Perth Stadium in a loser-goes-home semi-final. Uh, the Giants lost Toby Green for the season on suspension and then fellow for Jesse Hogan uh, was lost, I believe, to injury shortly before the match began. So a couple of major outs for the Giants up forward. The Cats regained experienced dashing backman Zach Tui as well as young guns Max Holmes and Asava Radagalia to the side. And the difference was telling. Uh, the Cats got out of the gate hot but couldn't put it on the scoreboard. First goal of the game finally coming to Jeremy Cameron at the 17-minute mark after the game had been tied at three behinds each with both sides spurning opportunities to score. Brad Close gold at the 25-minute mark and the Cats held a 2-5-17 to 0-3-3 lead at the first break. Zach Tui was racking up possessions at will and driving the attack forward out of the back line. But the Giants were the ones to find the scoreboard early in the second quarter via Josh Kelly and Connor Stone to narrow the margin. The Cats responded. They put the clamps on as the game headed for halftime. Uh, they goaled three times in a row via Tom Hawkins, Asava Radagalia, and Jeremy Cameron before the Giants found a late major to Daniel Lloyd to trail by just 15 points at the half. GWS narrowed that gap to just nine points with a goal to Bobby Hill just after halftime, but the Cats responded dominantly, kicking the next five goals of the quarter as Gary Rowan twice Hawkins, Isaac Smith, and Sam Menegola all kicked truly to blow the lead out to 38 points. However, right on the halftime siren, former cat Shane Mumford gold to reduce the margin to 32, and the Giants were up and about as they went to the three-quarter time break. Brad closed gold after just 38 seconds played in the final term, but edgy Cats fans, me among them, were made to sweat bullets as GWS banged through three goals in a row and four of the first five uh, to narrow the margin. And I think most of us were... Um, <laughs> having some uh, Melbourne Demons flashbacks. Um, and really this... I think you put we... a microphone in Mummy's, Mummy's bloody change rooms after the game? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, did you want to hear that full that full audio clip um, from from? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. That could also have been Toby Green post um, MRO. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> you know what? If I if I'm being honest, I don't think Toby Green gives a shit. Oh, <laughs> oh no! You but seriously, li- oh, no, 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 not from up there. Oh man! No! Oh, oh, slam for the top yes. <laughs> Listening to that clip while picturing. Mumford is is just just golden. I know. <laughs> not that I not that I have an intense dislike for the man, but it just I just feel like it matched his mood really well after the game. Definitely, absolutely. Um, he was in a bit of a uh, sad mood. Poor big, old mummy. Big sads. Um, 
Well, you know, to be honest, wrapped up and placed in his sarcophagus for good (laughs) Get out the embalming fluids. He's done. (laughs) I'll tell you what. In fairness, sorry, we've we've got. I'll finish the recap in a minute. But poor old, uh, talk about poor old Shane Mumford. Poor old some of the people that have played Shane Mumford. Speaking of embalming fluids, a few of them have been left in fucking embalming fluids. Like the guy was an absolute sniper at times in his career. And, you know, for all the fucking plethora of um, platitudes and, oh, what a fucking great career he's carved out, you know, that Channel 7 wanted to lay on him. Tell you what, go back and ask a few people who had their clocks cleaned by Shane Mumford across his career and, you know, ask them what a fucking great bloke he is. Um, all it was right. an honour, Jack. It was an honour. Oh, fucking look, look you, you hold your head high if, if your neck can handle it after being <laughs> um, you hold your head high you've got no choice because you're in a fucking neck brace but <laughs> meta- meta- <laughs> metaphorically as well you also hold your head high oh, so oh, as shit. I said the, the Giants they, they came back hard there and the Cats we were. I felt like we were teetering, and and I think we texted about this in the chat. It was a moment for the Cats team for their campaign. They'd conceded the massive lead against Melbourne just a few weeks ago. In this instance, they held firm and responded. They kicked three of the final four goals of the game to run out 35-point winners and seal a spot in a prelim final this Friday night with a third attempt to take down the Melbourne Demons. Boys, Johnny, I'll start with you. Uh, your three major takeaways from the game. I keep forgetting we're doing the three takeaways. Mate. <laughs> oh, do you want me to go to Sam no, first? No. Well, Fuck. I go to Sam. Well, no, I go three to Sam takeaways. first. No, 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 that's all good. <laughs> John doesn't want you all to go good. to me because if you go to me, I might take away some of the potential yeah. ones you could think of. I reckon right you thought now. I would have already. <laughs> first, <laughs> first takeaway. Um, was the Giants definitely missed Toby Green. Yeah. That was a big gap for the Giants. They definitely lacked a bit of polish and class in that forward 50. So that was a massive loss. Um, so shame on Toby Green for being a dickhead. <laughs> nice. Uh, second takeaway, the big rat. What a great inclusion he was to the team. He brings a lot. Always said he brings a lot of energy. All three of us are big fans of the rat. Um, the stats also back back up him being in the side extremely well. Mm-hmm. I think the stats were um, the 12 times he played this year. I think they nearly won every game. And the times he missed, they only won like two or three. Yeah. I think it was 12 games he missed. So he's a big, a, a fairly important player for the Cats. And one that is extremely important in the forward line. I thought our forward line played it much better this week with the rat in there. And then just Tui, having Tui back in the side, giving us that drive from defensive 50 into forward attack was something that we were sorely missing the last few, the last three weeks that he was out. So they're my three takeaways. And I feel like, <clears throat> and I think the team needs to change too much apart from who comes in for Parfit. I think home should stay in. The big rap obviously has to stay in. Zach Tui's not going anywhere. So I feel like 
they're in a good spot, the Cats, and a good win, good team building win, confidence building, especially for the, that defence. They got a bit outplayed by Port, so to see them play really well against the Giants and hold hang, up. Hang, hang, hang on, hang on pressure you're, was you're, you're stealing more of my points here. You had your three. I just wanted to carry away. Just wanted to um. Dig I was ticking off going, oh, there goes two. Oh, oh there goes three. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you go, you go there. No, you no, go. no, we'll discuss the, yours first. The, the Asava Radagalia point, Johnny, I just went and had a look because I wanted to just see if you pulled that stat out. You didn't believe you, John. No, no, I just wanted to confirm. <laughs> no, you didn't believe me at so, all. So he's playing... about Ick? He, knew, he knows things. <laughs> 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So he's played 14 games, including the final this season. In the 14 games he's played, they've only lost twice. Um, to the Lions in round 15 and to the Giants uh, in round 21. In the games he hasn't played, they've lost one, two, three, four, five, and one, one, two, three, four, five. So they've gone five and five without Rat in the side, and they've gone 12 and two when he's been in the team. And the two times we've played Melbourne, he hasn't been in the team. He wasn't in the team when we lost to Sydney, wasn't in the team when we lost to Melbourne in round 23, and he wasn't in the team when we lost last week to Port Adelaide. So, um, and, and the funny thing is, just, just to add, I guess, my final thoughts on Rat, is that his match line stats won't show you his impact. I think he only had five yeah. touches of the yeah. footy on the night. Um, it, you know, he doesn't put up a big stat line, but I think the forward line is noticeably better um when he's in the side that's my mm. thoughts on rush especially rush especially when they're not just relying on the on the mark he's still he took a couple of good marks but he's still not the the best mark um but as we i feel like all three of us alluded to in the in the preview of this game and the recap of the port game is he was the element the exact element beyond even Tui and Stewart. And obviously we're missing those, but he was the element that was really lacking in our forward line was just that, that X factor and that grit just to go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm not going to make this mark. Ali Ali is definitely going to, going to get his hands to it before me, but I can put pressure on him. I can make him sweat and I can maybe make him drop it. I can bring it to ground and some, and someone can, you know, do, do the work from there, which is exactly the effect he has. As you said, Jake, it's not statistically setting anything on fire, but it's just that, um, just that forward line pressure. I think that he just, he just wants it so bad. He wants it far more than his skill, like to a high degree than his skill level is at yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but his skill level is just going to build because he's just going to get more and more of the football with the way he plays. Uh, so yeah, I, I totally agree with that one, Johnny, having, having a big rat back in was a, was a game changer. And unfortunately may get overlooked by a lot of people because of the statistical side of things. And because we had other ins that are maybe more headline worthy, like two E and, and such. Um, so unfortunately people might look at things and just go, ah, two E back made all the difference. And that's, that's it. But it's, you know, there was, there's a lot more elements and there's even just more players being in that made, made a big difference. Yeah. I felt like, um, with Rat Barry being back in the side, Rowan looked a lot free, but seemed to play a lot more style he wanted to play. I felt like last week it was mm. trying to be that other four that was trying to take big marks all the time. Mm. 
I thought he's a really good mark and he can take those big marks, but I feel like his best is when he's running and chasing and, and he's setting his, up plays. His marks generally work better as almost the Tommy Stewart mark mm. but in the forward line. He doesn't necessarily seem to uh, to work that well as a target as opposed to the balls coming into a pack and he comes out of left field and jumps over the top of everyone and, and takes it. Like he's, he's not such a, I'm going to stand here and and use my strength and just, you know, swallow the ball as it comes here. He's more of a go over the top and take a specky or like be the the second man in on top of the contest. So like the third man in on top of the contest. Um, So whereas, yeah, last week he was, he was trying, they were were using him more as a Hawkins. Yeah. Just, just being the big, the big target. Um, what was your third point, John? What I don't about, think I've got uh, much to expand on on the Toby Green stuff because Toby Green, yeah, Zach Toby attack, Green. Toby Zach Green. attack Tui, and um, Zach Tui. I thought, yes, Tui back in the side gave us that push that we needed, and I feel like his presence in the back line is, as mm. we said in the pre-show that his presence could make other defenders accountable, and I feel like. And he was there to hold defensive team was so much more yeah. cohesive. A bit like Rat, and I think you said this in the Port game, uh, after the Port game, is the the experience that he brings, and it's not necessarily hands on balls <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of improvement, but maybe I mean maybe that's what he brings. To the, I'm very it's aroused. not yeah, it's not a bit like Rat. It's 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 not <laughs> necessarily um, statistical stuff all the time. But he just, everyone just seemed to work more cohesively and have so much more composure in the back line. I mean, you could attribute it to other things in terms of just training and practice and stuff. But I do think Tui has has that that impact and lacking him and Stuart is, um, was kind of the one-two punch of hitting the panic station every time mm-hmm. the ball went into a back line against Port. Zach Tui too, yeah, I just had some, some stats on him for you because I thought this was vintage... Zach Tui, um, 31 disposals at 90.3% efficiency, five Jesus marks, Christ. one <laughs> tackle, four clearances, 586 metres gained at 18.9 <laughs> metres per disposal, and a game-high four goal assists. Like, he's such a oh, remarkable yeah. player. That's, uh, I, I just think he's – I tweeted this from our account. Um, like, he's one of the best players – in the team, but I actually think when we look back at his career, he may be one of the best players to ever play at his position on the field. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely going to go down as a, a Geelong great and Carlton great player as well. Mm. But I feel like since he came from Carlton to Cats, he's definitely gotten a lot better. And that just comes with age and experience and all that. But yeah, he's that game he played was bloody outstanding. The, the run he created during the game was just amazing. As he said, 500 metres gained. Mm. That's Tommy's... That his night was the Tommy Stewart night that we've, we've been needing. And Zach Tui's filled that role seemed extremely well. Said four goal assists, that's a bit ridiculous from a From backman. a defender, from a backman. Like, not yeah. only is he, is he, like... He's winning the ball down back. He's got, you know, I think he was the leading disposal getter for the Cats. He's going at almost, almost a hundred percent efficiency. He's going at nine out of ten, <laughs> basically on efficiency. Um, you know, four clearances, 
And the thing that impresses me too, like 31 disposals at 90.3% efficiency, but they're not little chip kicks. Like he's going at almost 20 meters per disposal. Like that, you know, you think about that should add some, some sort of some risk factor to your disposal. Mm. If you're going up near 20 meters per disposal, but he's still just remarkably efficient. I wanted to just transition. I had a little bit of a thought on Johnny's first point about the absence of Green and Hogan, and I'll throw to you for your thoughts, Sambo. Um, when you looked at the stats here for, for Geelong and the Giants on the night, you had inside 50s, 49 each. Uh, efficiency uh, using the ball inside 50, 59.2% Geelong, 46.9% Giants. That's pretty high efficiency from both teams, really, inside, inside the 50. Um, my question is with the giants. So that, so they went inside 50, the same amount of times as we did, but Geelong scored on 28 of their 49 inside fifties. So that was a score, uh, a score on 57.1% of their interest inside forward 50 GWS, perhaps lacking those two key forward pieces, scored on just 18 of their 49 entries, so 36.7%. I think the Cats kicked a goal on 30% of their inside 50s. The, the Giants just 20%. Do you, does it concern you at all that, you know, if Green and Hogan were in there, that this game might have been a lot closer? And, and are you at all worried... Are you feeling better about the defense going into this week against Melbourne? Do you think some things have been fixed or do you think that playing a Giants team without Green and without Hogan sort of flattered the defensive performance? Where, where are you at with the, the defensive side of the game for the Cats? Pretty confident. You're pretty pretty confident, confident with the defense. With Tui, especially with Tui back, he brings that calm, that experience that we've been missing mm. that's needed for the defensive team because he can direct and control really well and then set up those attacks. So I'm feeling pretty confident. I do think if Green and Hogan were playing, it probably could have been a bit closer. I still think that we would have gotten the win regardless, but I think it would probably have been like 10 to 20 points our way. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident, quietly confident in our defensive unit that they can step up and play better than what we did against Melbourne last time. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm confident. I would be confident either way. You know, I don't think... I think the tough thing with all sport and particularly football is that comparing one... Dealing with one forward line to comparing to dealing with another forward line is, is apples and oranges. Like, yeah. we could have trounced GWS by 100 points um, and I'd probably still be about as confident as this game against Melbourne because they're just such different sides, just completely different, obviously different on the injury front. Um, but I don't like to look too deep into the the absence of the GWS players because I guess we try to avoid looking at the absence of our players too much. Tommy Stewart's a, a big one, a huge one, but you can't just keep using it as an excuse. And it's not, it's not like, so one of the biggest outs outside of Tommy Stewart for us was the, was against GWS when, when Dangerfield got mm. sent to hospital. And I think that was one of the most 
affecting out. You can see because there was no plan for it. There was no mm-hmm. contingency around what happens, how are we going to work with that danger field tonight? The difference between missing Stuart is we've got weeks to plan it. And it's the same for GWS. They didn't have weeks, but they've certainly played without green before. <laughs> I think, I think he's been suspend, suspended here and there. Um, and that it's, it's, it's hard to look at it and go, well, just plop Toby green and um, in there and us, he kicks three goals and that's mm-hmm. end of story because plop Toby green in there, um, their structure changes, right? Their, their game plan, their structure changes and looks different. And so therefore ours does as well. I find it a really hard one to like, to just look at because it's not like you're just playing that game and you plop Toby green in there without someone marking him. And just, mm. he's just allowed to run right and kick goals. Like mm. they, they, they now have someone else out and whoever we had marking the person that was in for him probably might not be the same person. That might be someone else, an appropriate person for tagging green or, you know, playing on green. And I think leads into one of my points a little bit is this Let's is the transition. first week in a few, <laughs> all right. It's actually, it was going to be my last point, but I'll make it my first point is this is the first week in a while that we've seen the, the, um, the classic 2021 cats gear shifts um, where they, I feel like we've been playing catch up for probably four or five mm-hmm. weeks of, of, um, you know, even when we've had wins, it's been more by the, you know, by sheer grit. Whereas this one felt like it wasn't super flattering on the scoreboard, but sometimes it felt like that was because we didn't have to kick into that next gear. Mm. Like we kicked up, we smashed some goals and then we would settle down a little bit and we would lift again as they put the pressure on Mm. and we would take the game back and put it under our control. Put um, bloody Hogarth, Hogarth? Yes. His name? Who they were missing? Hogan? Hogan. 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 Um, Put Hogan and Green in there. And I think our gear shifts might have just been, we might have had to do that more. We might have put more pressure on. I don't think you look at our performance and say we would have played the exact same way with Hogan and and Green in there. Um, I have supreme faith that those times where GWS were coming back into it, was because we allowed them to, to a certain degree, that we were aware of injuries and we were trying to get the win, not get the percentage because percentage doesn't matter in the finals. You know, we weren't trying to put on a record-breaking score sheet. Mm. Uh, so I don't know. It might sound biased and, and unrealistic, but I I don't think, especially after the last time we played GWS and the things that I think would have gone in the little black book about how to play them. I I don't think it would have been that much different personally. Um, And I think it was, that's the thing that I find most encouraging. I think Melbourne's going to be a lot tougher, a lot tougher, obviously, than that GWS side we played. But the thing that gives me the most faith about the Cats is that we've at least now got recent memory of what our game looks like, of what our ideal game of football looks like, which is that one. It's, you know gear shifting and it's control it's methodical and smart it's not slow and boring and it's also not helter skelter and chaotic but it's it's not slow and boring it's it's just methodical and it's fast when it needs to be and it just hinges so much on efficiency 
mm. on the efficiency of disposals, which I mean, you know, looking at Tui, <laughs> that's what he that's what he brought. Because if Absolutely. you're trying to control and the whole idea is to, you know, kick it to a mark when that's the best option or hand pass it on and smash them when that's the best option and just don't let the opposition get the ball. If your efficiency is not up, then that whole thing falls apart. So the good thing is that's, I guess, my overall point. Our efficiency was up and that is what our game plan, our game style should look like. Can we bring that to Melbourne? Hopefully. Point two, perfect Gary Rowan game. We touched on Gary Rowan a little bit, but this is what we said before the game. You know, I think people hang it on him because he doesn't get as many goals a game as Hawkins or Cameron. But I think that's what we want Rowan doing every game is what we saw. A couple of goals, smashing packs, tackles, not only inside 450, but all around the ground. Chase down tackles, spoils, like throwing himself in front of the ball when it's like it's, you know, a kick up, like they're, they're kicking after the siren. <laughs> and, you know, and there's a, and there's a, and there's a, a goal in it. Like that's, what you want from him and, and we haven't seen it necessarily, but we don't know why we don't know if it's positioning, if it was the pressure was put on him. Mm. Uh, and my other point I've got, a, I've, I wrote more, so I had some to, to fall back on mm-hmm. um, the young players, which I think might lead into something for you to talk about Jake, because this is what you were asking us about a while ago is, is it time for the young players to lift? I felt like the young players did. I felt like it wasn't all on the shoulders of the, 29 plus year olds to do it. They didn't have Dangerfield didn't have to rip out a, a massive, you know, 60 meter run twice just to get us back on the scoreboard. Like the, the young guys really lifted and didn't necessarily do anything spectacular, mm. had mm. a couple of iffy spots here and there, but overall I thought they gelled and looked like they lifted to the level of their experienced counterparts. They didn't seem to be anyone like letting the side down, like, you know, <laughs> kick to kick to kick and oh, oh shit Holmes has got it and he's just he's just muffed it and dropped it again you know it was it was it was a very consistent performance from them as well yeah absolutely it was good to see that Danish Field still would enough to play ex- excelling games for us to win but mm. Danish Field did play a really excellent game and he put his whole body on the line many times it's yeah outstanding smothers especially with his uh, injured hand, those were some very good smothers that he did. So that was really good to see from Dangerfield put that effort in. And just on Gary Rowan, it was, it was really exciting to watch him get back to that Gary Rowan style that we all know and really enjoy. And yeah, those tackles he did, set up plays into Ford 50 were excellent. A couple of goals he got was, were really fantastic. And it's good to see that his confidence was getting bigger, better and better each minute that game went on. And I think it was in that first quarter where he got a really good tackle and I was like, yes, mm. Rowan's back. Yes, which, yeah, exactly. Which was a really good feeling. And I feel like that really set up the team as well when Rowan's going well, Rat's playing really well, Dangerfield's playing some good footy. Hawkins was up and about. I was going to say, and when, when Rowan's playing well and, and Rat's playing well, Hawkins can can sneak in and kick five goals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, it was really good to see. And Holmes played a really excellent game. I think he's, mm. well, with Parfit out now, I think he's basically yeah. submitted his I spot. F- I feel like we might we might have a, have a 
a, a rant from Jake. Can we can we get Absolutely. off the cuff rant? Plus, re, re, re Holmes. One more thing. Um, I thought Zach Guthrie played a really good mm. game when he came on to pass. He did some yeah. excellent intercept marks. I I was glad to see him. I know we've yeah. I know we've laid out before. You know various things why he doesn't get a, a a game but i think in another club in another back line i think he's he's playing every, every week yeah. absolutely <laughs> pretty he's... tough one to crack into <laughs> absolutely even with stewart out it's still tough to get into that back line yeah um so yeah i do have a i do have a rant on max holmes on sherlock um the game is afoot um <laughs> I, I, here's a stat for you. One, Joel Selwood on the night. Do you want to guess how many disposals he had? Oh, it'll be so ridiculous. Like, oh, no, I don't think it'll be ridiculous. I reckon he had about, I reckon he would have had about 25 to 27 disposals, if Damn. not lower. Selwood? I think, yeah, I think, I think lower. Um, I think he had a really good game, but not seeing it on fire. I'm going to go like 23. All right, so Selwood, Selwood on the night had 14 disposals. Oh, oh. I should have gone even lower. I was going to go 20, and I was like, that's ridiculous. That's <laughs> so, ridiculous, yeah. 22. And, and, and 14. This is the thing, 14 disposals for, for Selwood, and you had obviously... Oh, no, he, he, dis, he dis, disposed of a couple of GWS players pretty well. Can we <laughs> <see>? <laughs> Put them in. Put on the disposals list. Y'all want to see that, buddy? Um, nice one, Colin. Um, so, but you had, this is the thing. You had Tui who had 31. You had Menegola, 29. Guthrie, 25. Isaac Smith, 23. Duncan, 22. Dangerfield, 20. Hawkins, 19. Stanley 19, Myers 18, Collar Jasney 16, and then you finally get to Selwood tied on 14 with Jed Buse and Jeremy Cameron. My point being here, other people stood up, and this is what we talked about earlier in the season, where Selwood knows when he when he can step back and let other people thrive. And he did that. And so the rant really comes now to the to the young players. And we talked about Rat and what he's done. Here's some stats for you about Max Sherlock Holmes. So he's played, I'm trying to think, I think he's played about 12 games, but I think statistically some of those games, he was just the medical sub. And so didn't get it, you know, didn't get a touch. So here we go. The first four games that I've got stats for him in the season, he laid what one, three, seven tackles in his first four games that he played this season. In his last four, he's laid 22 tackles in his last oh. four games. He was the Cats, I think, oh. leading or second tackle getter against Melbourne. He had seven that night. Uh, missed last week against Port. Comes back into the side, has equal match high eight tackles with Selwood. Him and Selwood have eight each. Now, he only has 10 disposals on the night. But eight tackles, got two free kicks Four, so one, two, three. Should have gotten three. This this kid is going to be one of my favourite players. I think you're absolutely right, John. I don't think we have to bring anyone in for Parfit because I think Max Holmes is about to step into that role of contested footy. You know, hard pressure, t- 
tackling midfielder. And we can that'll just free up another space for another player to come in somewhere else. But I think Max Holmes can fill the path at tackle count. Setting up the um, Patrick Dangerfield draws so would duo nicely with Parfit and Holmes. That Parfit will be the Patrick Dangerfield guy getting there, busted, bust over the pack, and Holmes will be on the outside ready to grab it and just dash and uh, great passes into a forward 50 because he's got an excellent kick on him in Holmes when he doesn't over, overthink it or rush or whatever. When he, does get a bit excited, does stuff it up, but 12 games into his career, that happens. Mm. So apart a, from that, that doesn't happen a lot. He's a first-year player. That's that's the thing I love about Max yeah. Holmes. He's a first-year player. Um, like, for me, as I said, he led the team in tackles equal eight with, with Selwood. I feel like he really set a tone. Um, he's got hunger for the physical part of the game to hunt the, the dude who's carrying the ball. He's got great speed and dash and has shown, I think, an improved use of the footy from where he started in game one. Now, obviously, he's got stuff to work on, I think, with, with how getting a few more disposals, but it's hard to get that in this midfield. And calming is shit inside 50. You can see when the ball yes. comes near him inside 50 and he might get a chance at goal, like the game really speeds up on him. So I think that's something that comes with time. But I just think the Cats have found a good one here uh, in Max Holmes and... I think his last, his first four games of footy that he played, uh, contrasted with his his subsequent four games of footy, just show a massive improvement. I mean, he's going from averaging what just about one and a half tackles per game across his first four games to now averaging over five tackles per game his last four four matches. So, yeah, I'm I'm super psyched about the future of of Max Holmes at the Cats. Oh, absolutely! Really looking forward to seeing his development in this side and yeah, Stephen Wells, he just knows how to pick excellent players seemingly out of nowhere. Mm. And I think we've, I think we've touched on this with, with Holmes before in that, in the inside 50 stuff, you know, sometimes his ineffectiveness and his, his seeming seems to panic a little bit. I still think it's down to hunger. Like I don't think it's, I don't think he's, and this is why, he's only going to get better is that I think it's just, he wants it so bad. I think yes. like in that moment in the foot, in the square, when he, when he muffed the kick for goal, I think he was thinking about the headlines already. I think, he, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think he was, yes. <laughs> he was thinking about being in the middle of the half. Like, I don't think it's, it's because the other end of the spectrum, young players, it could be a panic because you don't want the moment. You don't want the limelight. You're like, oh shit! It's thrust upon me. What do I do? I don't think that's him. I think he's. No. I think he wants it, and he's got an immense hunger for it. He's just got to get his composure and his skill level up to where his where his head's at. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I was doing, thinking the same thing. It's not like it's just a panic. I'm like, oh shit! What do I do now? It's like, yeah, it's oh, not yes, a I've got timidness. This is my chance. Yeah, this is my yeah. chance to take it and. As young I, think, players, I think his whole, they his whole bit... career went before his eyes <laughs> yeah. in the, in the front of the goals. Complicated and it's like trying to kick with your wrong foot. Some mm. is what it looks like he does sometimes. It's like he just gets a bit overexcited that he's got the ball and he's got a good chance to do something extra special. Yeah. And yeah. I think he knows what he wants to do. And I think he knows yeah. what he has to do. It's just connecting the two. And that's the hunger yeah, that I was what talking about. The best. Mm. Yeah. You know, you're talking about a guy who wants to get better. And that, that's what I, I think you need when you've got such an experienced side like Geelong has. 
I think you need a few guys in there who are trying to make a name for themselves because they start to push, they're pushing their own boundaries and they start mm. to push, they push the older players, I think, and, and just bring that, that youthful um, enthusiasm for, for footy uh, and for the I feel like Zach Guthrie has embraced that this year a lot more, wanting to take those risks because I feel like he's taking a lot more risk with those coming off his man and going for those marks that he probably wouldn't go for or going for those extra risky kicks that he wasn't going for the years before. Well, going for the going for the best kick too, you know, like it's not just <clears throat> risk for risk's sake, <clears throat> but it's not playing it safe because you're worried about turning it fucking over. it up. It's <laughs> it's having the having the having the the faith in your skill to achieve the most optimum outcome. Yes. Right? Like it's not risk and that's and now this is this is this is where I feel like Narkle dropped off a little bit and Zach Guthrie came up because I don't, it was like a light switch for Zach Guthrie from even it was sometime this year he came in and he was still a little bit like he looked a little bit like a, a an Oz kicker out there a little <laughs> bit lost didn't really <laughs> didn't really like, want to like oh. sink his teeth into it yeah with the um, big boys yeah yeah like he just seemed a little dazed and confused and then we didn't see him for a few weeks and he came back and he just seemed he so needs calm. some milk He's like oh, uh, under. That, <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who needs some milk? <laughs> 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 um, uh, yeah, yeah. After Hawkins, after Hawkins gave, gave him a little bit of a uh, just a, a love tap. Um, uh, yeah, Guthrie seems. I don't know when he's got the ball. He looks composed. His eyes are his eyes are, to get really weird. His eyes are darting in a in a purposeful way. I thought this when he, he took a mark and he looked for the next kick. It wasn't just shit. Where do I distribute this to? Yeah. It was it was looking for that best option. And then you look at Narkle, who I think 100% has the potential to be one of those players that's lifting the team because he's trying to make a name for himself and he's hungry. But his decision making at some point, as all this contract stuff came up and as like the pressure came on, his skills didn't go down, but his de- decision making did. When to do the when to do the fend off, when to hand pass, when to kick, when to when to step around, when to play on. Like he was doing all of those individual things well, but fifty percent of the time it was at a point where he shouldn't do it. Um, and I, th- I yeah I do as we speculated before. I feel like it's maybe the pressure of the contracts. He was trying to really prove himself and make a name for himself and go, look how good I am. Um, and it just seemed to go the other way. Whereas with Guthrie and it seems like Holmes, it's, it's, it's there on the other side of the curve at the moment. Um, that's not to shit on Narkle and say, I've right. given up hope on him because I would really like him to be that player and to play that way. But that was just something that I felt feel like um, we observed was that, he just went from being such a good instinctual player, like the ball was near him and maybe his skill wasn't always hundred percent there yet, but he just always instinctively seemed to know what to do, know the players coming from behind him and just give them the don't argue and, and chip off a perfect little pass. Um, and then it, it became this thing where you could see that he was really thinking. I'm like thinking about it, like overthinking it and going, there was times when he just gave up space when he's, when he had so much time, and he would the defender in and try and do a don't argue, like get himself into that position to do it. 
and I can only imagine it's either just overthinking or it's a slight tendency to show off. I don't know if you guys think it's too harsh, but I feel like when you compare him to Guthrie and, and Holmes, it's a bit of a, uh, yeah, bit of a, on opposite sides of the, of the same curve. I think it's, it's it's a tough one, you know, and I know exactly what you mean about the the eyes darting in a positive way. Maybe, maybe it's, I think players, their eyes start to scan instead of dart. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think yep. they start to, it's like the, you know, what's the thing? Beautiful mind. You start to see the numbers kind of thing. You start to see the yes. game. And I think there were moments. I remember a, a mark earlier in the game, Zach Guthrie took, and he went to blaze downfield and instead he looked sideways and chipped a kick mm. laterally to someone who was in a better position to go vertical down the ground. And I think we've seen that with Holmes, a moment like yeah. that. And I think we've seen it with Jordan Clark as well. Now Clark's not in the side right now, but I think there has been progress. I think that's, yeah, no, I, I don't think, I think it's all right to, to analyze what we're seeing like about Narkel. I'm likewise would like Narkel to stay, would like Narkel to keep developing. And that's been my position on Narkel all season is I think he should stay with the cats because I think he doesn't need to be, the the you know the player he's going to be in two or three years right now because you have those players already and Geelong would be a perfect place for him to continue to develop his skills which you know and decision making because they still need to be developed now you know which direction players choose to go you know if they feel like they need or deserve more game time than they're getting I mean that's up to everyone in their individual career, but I, I I'm in the same camp. I like Narkel a lot and would like him to stay. Yeah. But I think his decision making has probably gone a little backwards this year, whereas I think some other guys' decision making has has improved. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But and I think the same stay. Hopefully, he does stay because yeah, both say he's got that talent. I feel like that's just that contract talk and contract in the media and all that going around maybe that's just distracted him this year so hopefully he does sign on for a couple of years and then he can forget about it and go back to his natural game which is really good and really exciting so hopefully he stays and gets back into what he can do yeah absolutely all right uh, was there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on from this game before we move on to votes or are you pretty well? Uh, I don't think so. Nice. Look at us go. Um, yeah. I think we're all pretty, pretty good. Smashing it. I had no more, no more Marine facts to throw out. <laughs> oh no, yeah. I haven't found any more. Fish. Oh, we're waiting on Mesh to give us a, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've got to find um, a lesson. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm probably going to let the t- team down here to be honest. Uh, marine biology. It doesn't have to be marine based. Oh, you just need a fact. Well, I'd rather a fact. Just... I'd rather go look if we can go three for three and make it another marine fact. Yeah, that'll be let's fantastic. go for it. But, <laughs> but if, if you got something that me and Sam and the listeners might not know. Yeah. I've, I, what, what's in what's, what's what's in dish dish soap? What's make yeah. what makes dishwashing liquid different to clothes washing liquid? Absolutely. Um, you know? tell us uh, that after what the you hall, wash. Once give us give you time to wash it in. Uh, what you, yeah, what you're washing it, you know, you wash dishes we'll, with we'll dish, give you, dish liquid and you wash clothes in, you know, washing liquid. That's the difference. Uh, we'll give it's you time to product. think about it, I reckon. Um, yeah, well, Just... I'll need some. Um, I didn't really have... Anything on the thing. I just had 
I've got a one point that I can get to in my votes, but the other one, just that the three-headed monster looked more like a three-headed monster. They kicked nine goals, five from 14 scoring shots. Obviously, Hawkins leading the way with five goals, one. It was nice to see Cameron and Rowan, too, getting back to full health because, obviously, they've had their injury mm, issues. So, so I think that was good. Um, but Tommy Hawkins, it's, it's funny. You know, he's still a monster amongst monsters, really, um, to, to slot another five goals, one. Um, I don't know he's an impressive player and I don't think he's probably, Absolutely. as we talked about last episode or a couple of episodes ago, I don't think he probably quite gets the pop um, that his career deserves. That, pretty, um, pretty amazing. I believe he came out this week and said he's keen to Good keep playing him. as long mm-hmm. as oh, sorry. possibly can. And <laughs> also... <laughs> I just got to take. Just, yeah. Oh, sorry. Just okay. Sorry. Just more of an aside. Um, him know. and Joel Selwood also, and this this weekend with the win. This mm-hmm. weekend, they have now won a combined two hundred games. Holy moly! Together, it's insane. Insanity. That is pretty insane. That's that's more than the Carlton Football Club for the same length of career. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it would actually be scary. Oh, come on, Colin. Where's the sand drop? Yeah, come on, yeah. Colin. Where's, where's something, something? He needs some no milk. Jesus Christ, Colin. Uh, uh, all right. You know, you, you know, we know we're in trouble when we're relying on Colin to assert when something is good or bad humour. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, the um, arbiter of, of uh, comedic value. Um, all right, let's get into some votes, I reckon. Let's get into some votes. Uh, Sambo, why don't you lead us off this week? Oh, fuck. Um, Why don't I lead us off? Because I haven't decided yet. I've still got six players. (laughs) All right. So do you want me to lead us off? I can lead us off. Um, I can lead off here again. That's fine. No, you know what? I will go. I will go. Because you know what's going to happen if you go is you'll have more statistical backing for why yours have votes. (laughs) And I'll get swayed and I'll go, oh, you know what? That's true. All right. Where are you Um, going? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm going to give one yeah. to Blix. Blix Arbs, nice. nice. Uh, I don't think I, I don't know. I've, I'm sure he's got votes. I don't think I've given him votes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is another classic Sambo giving you love because you probably didn't get it when you should have got it. <laughs> um, but no, I no, thought he was good. Cool. I thought he was really. I thought he was really solid. Um, he looked really composed um, and at ease in the back line. And I don't think Jack, I mean, Jack Henry was great, but I don't feel like the Stuart void has been solely left up to Henry. I don't think it's just a, you jump in there and do what he's doing. I feel like Blix and, um, and uh, uh, Hendo and such have been doing their part as well. Uh, I'm going to give two to Menegola because I love him. And he's, he's, he's always so dependable. And that goal was fucking great. And oh, even early on, Early on in the game, he was he was a bit of a tone setter, I thought, which I'd love to look at some point, Jake, if you could look at his stats and tell me what his first halves generally look like versus his second halves. Because I feel like Menegola is always on fire and dependable and getting all of the ball at the start by halftime and then towards the end of the game, he's kind of drifted out of your, your mind a little bit. And I feel like he's, he's the tone setter. He starts well and he comes out and he lifts everybody. 
and then he sort of sets back a little bit. But that could be Let- purely bullshit, and I could be talking out my ass. But at some point, either prove or disprove that for me. Let's just say, just just from a um, you know an anecdotal point of view, that I had a vested interest in Sam Menegola having a good performance, and I was very relaxed about where that performance was by the halftime. Um, okay. <laughs> so um, all right. That's, so that's starting to back it up, and oh, shit. I think I'm going to go a little more cliched, a little less yeah. classic. Sam, uh, I could have, I could have given votes to Henry. Could have given votes to Dangerfield, Rowan, Rat, Tui, of course. Uh, but I'm going to go. I'm going to follow the herd and go three votes to the Big Hawk. Wow, nice. No, it's it's hard to deny five five goals and 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 a lot of the football as well. That wasn't just five marks and kick some goals. Mm. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Johnny? Right, I'm gonna go one vote to the big rat. Nice. Like he's yes, yeah, he only got five touches, but I thought his yeah. um, presence and what he brought to the team was huge and. His goal was really good. Uh, helped the team a lot, obviously. You know, you need goals to win the game. But it was off a really excellent mark. So that was like a that was like a, a BT yeah, uh, was, sound by there. You need <laughs> you need goals to win the game. For some reason, for some reason, these two teams really want to kick goals. They tonight. want to get goals. Yeah, it's an interesting tactic. Let's see how it works for them. Yeah. I thought they'd be going for behinds, but you know, goals. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! Who was who playing when he said that? Oh, I, was, <laughs> I can't remember. It wasn't Juwan. It was some other two teams. He actually said and, that, Jake. He was like, boy, these really want to kick goals tonight. Oh. <laughs> oh. Give him the fucking, the Logie. Give him the Logie. That's why, yeah. that's why they pay him the big bucks. That's right. Absolutely. Um, two votes I'm giving to, to the Big Hawk. I thought big that was Hawk. an excellent game by him and... As they, the people in the media have said, that was an extremely professional game by Hawkins. He learned from when he last played against Sam Taylor. And mm. this time around, he came out and absolutely shredded him to pieces. And I'm giving three votes to the Irishman, Zach Atui. Moroccan sunset. Very nice, the Moroccan sunset. For reasons. Yeah, he was, he was a great game. Um, like all those vo- votes, boys, I am going with one vote to the Big Hawk, uh, five goals, one. I'm giving two votes to Sam Menegola. I'll give you his stat line. 29 disposals, eight marks, five tackles, five clearances, two goals and two goal assists. I feel like he is drastically underrated amongst the midfield of stars uh, in which he is often... Uh, shining the most consistently, if not the brightest, the most consistent star amongst that team. I feel like he's he, he would absolutely be in the running for the most underrated player in the AFL. 100%. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, I mean, how many... If any other player has that stat line, if Dangerfield goes 29 disposals, eight marks, five tackles, five clearances, two goals, two goal assists... We're, we're talking. Well, he's probably got the three Brownlow votes. That's a that's a great night for danger for even by Dangerfield yeah. standards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you yeah, don't. I, I, if you ever hear them like the Channel Seven or anyone talk about 
Menegola. It's always like this with, with, with this weird sort of like surprise, like an assignment, <laughs> like, oh gee, he's he's really good, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's not bad. Like it's he's like always solid. like they go, oh yeah, this guy, he didn't fuck it up. He's all right. Yeah, he plays footy for the Cats. This guy can actually play. Um, I, I actually, bet he's I bet he's more valued in other teams' fans. Like, I bet he's one of those players, a bit like Libba for yourself, Jake, on the dogs. Mm. I bet Menegola is one of those fans that opposition fans take note of and would would give his due respect, mm. um, you know, more like as much as, you know, because the media only wants to talk about Sel- Selwood and, and Dangerfield and that's kind of that's it. Uh, but Menegola is just, oh, man, if we, if we lost him, I'd be be a sore point. And you know what? Credit where credit's due. And I don't often um, find myself agreeing with this guy, but Wayne Carey actually said something that I agreed with and was like, fuck, I know my life is ended. Um, He he said, I'm sure it was Wayne Carey. Hope it was Wayne Carey and not someone else that I'm miscrediting. But um, he basically said, I, that he thinks that Menegola is a bit of a barometer for Geelong, that when he goes well, mm. Geelong goes well. And it made me think of guys like Joel Corey and Corey Enright, dudes who, to a lot of people, you didn't really notice much of what they did. And at the end of the game, they had 30 disposals and they'd maybe kicked a goal and had a bunch of marks and clearances, etc. cetera. Um, and were players that when they missed, you know, that when they were missing through injury or whatever, Geelong really suffered because of it mm. i mean relatively Absolutely. um you know and i think also just a, is one of those players just be thanks to free metal and hawthorne as well for completely overlooking meningola and he couldn't play afl exactly well fuck you hawthorne and Frio, you fucked it up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where are you now? <laughs> How is your 2021? Where the bloody hell are you? Um, We're in so, a prelim. Where are you? Oh, that's right. That's not the top eight. To, to update, update the standings <laughs> for you on the, the Chaps Chat Cats MVP race. And look. Anytime I, we can wait. talk to Hawks, we've got to take it. <laughs> did you tell? Did you say where, who your three votes went to? Yeah, oh, didn't I, I did. Sorry. Three. Um, I can't You've go past a, a tandem of Menangola. I can't go past up. the uh, the Moroccan sunset. I'm giving three votes to Zach Tui. He's come back in and just lit the thing on fire. Um, so I'm giving him three Robin's as well. Robin's had a good night. The one vote, the two vote, and the three vote. Yeah, yeah, nice vote. Nice, yeah. nice night. He got, he got a different kind of hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to review this. At the moment, we've got Joel Selwood's pretty much got the Chaps Chat Cats MVP locked up. He's out in front on 49 votes. Um, second is Tom Stewart on 39. Third is Cam Guthrie on 38. Uh, fourth, Zach Tui with 34. Uh, fifth, Jack Henry on 28. On 27, it's Dangerfield. 26 is Sam Menegola. And then you've got Brand, uh, Sam uh, Fuck, just start up there, Jake, in a major way. Brandon Parfit and Gary Rowan. Sam Parfit. Sam Parfit. Sam Parfit and uh, Brandon Rowan. <laughs> um, so Brandon Menangola. 
21 votes each to Brandon Parfit and Gary Rowan. And they are all yeah. the players who have more than 20. I think we've got a pretty good top selection there. And as we said, I think pretty yeah, much every player that's played this year has, has got a vote. As I look down, we've got Jordan Clark, Sam Simpson, Max Holmes, Jed Buse, Collar Jasney, Zach Guthrie. Yeah, everyone, I reckon everyone who's had a go this year. Blix is on there now. Do you reckon that's Blix's first votes for uh, the year? Blix, it's his only his third vote of the year. Okay. And I would say this. I, I will say this for us. I accuse the um, the Brownlow of being a midfielder's medal all the time. Let's let's put our, <laughs> let's look put what our, we've done. No, let's put our. <laughs> I think we, we've got now. We've Tommy, got, Stewart. Tommy Stewart. Tommy Stewart. Yeah. The, top, the top five has. Selwood, midfield. Selwood. Guthrie, midfield. Then you've got Tom Stewart, Zach Tui, yeah. and Jack Henry. No, our defense. top five is three defenders, two midfielders. There you go. So, there you go. Let's do the folks. Yeah. It may be a Geelong bias. We're only going to vote for Geelong players, <laughs> but they won't just be midfielders. No. <laughs> I'll vote for Geelong players just- and Tom Papley. There you go. Um, well, so you do defence, I'll do attacks, and you do midfield. All right. And that way it can be shared around each week. So one player gets three votes each week. We actually should do that place. next season. That's actually not a terrible idea to have to have a defensive to have three awards for the chaps next year. Have a That's defenders a, a defenders MVP, a mids, and a and a forwards one. I, I like that a lot. And what we'll have have the overall one. Best backman, yeah. best mid, best forward. Like it. Maybe you know we run. should... I wonder if we could do it in some kind of way where we do a comprehensive vote count every week. So we do, like, start with, like, the amount of... Basically, you start with the amount of players that are on the field. Yeah. Right? That's the that's the most amount of points you can have yeah. all the way down to, to one point. You rank them And we grade... Week we grade the whole team and we still just do our three because we just go, these are our top three. Okay. But every yeah. week you do it. And then by the end of the year, we can add up the total points. Oh. Epic. Oh, I like it. Epic spreadsheet. Sounds excellent. I also think, I think we should, I think we should, I think we should do it. Just have, cause we could just make up a template with all the players name, like yeah. with all the positions and the names and the media stuff and everything. And then you just fill it in each week. I'd be willing to go. Like Definitely. We're doing it. The most comprehensive <laughs> and, and fairest in AFL. Start it Except it's only one team. AFLW. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's bring in a horse. Cordial, yeah. lollies are a spray it's from the coach. Lollies, yeah. absolutely. Cordial, yeah. Lollies are a spray from the coach. Lollies, absolutely. It's what half times about. It is what half times about, and unfortunately, some sad news out of the shoot uh, to start with. Brandon Parfit. Um, <laughs> Sorry, this is an odd way to start. Out the Sad news out the shoot today. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think I heard them say it that way on ABC News last night. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Uh, good evening. Some sad news out the shoot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's why. That's what the dog said to his mum when Toby Green was born. <laughs> <laughs> the top is what i was going to say um but seriously <laughs> so i mean I, I thought don't you guys not say anything like i've got some weird sayings that are only coming out around the podcast really? what was the other one that i said earlier in the year that you guys were like oh sense of completion sense of completion <laughs> yeah. we haven't let you there was another one too that turned out yeah. to be a, a yankee thing i'm i'm gonna is is news out the shoot a yankee thing <laughs> i don't know i just thought you know you know out the shoot, you know, straight off the bat. Maybe I'll use straight off the bat. All right, there we go. Well, um, since there's a horse in it, it sounds like it's coming right out the horse's ass. It does. It just, <laughs> it just as out the shoot just instantly brings to mind an orifice of some kind. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, well, straight out the shoot. Uh, no, um, <laughs> we do have look just my set. It's just shitty news. Is basically how I'd cover it. I put a tweet up on on our account that pretty much captures how how I feel about it. And that is that Brandon Parfitt's season, as you know, many of you will already know, listening to this podcast is over. Hamstring injury suffered in the GWS game will require surgery, which ends um, his season. For some context about Parfitt too, because I don't think he's one of the first players mentioned every week when you talk about Geelong. Well, when you talk about Geelong outside this podcast, I feel like the chaps have been, um, you know, acknowledging of, Parfit's rising star in the Cats team. But he leads the Cats in tackles per game in 2021 with 5.6 per match. Uh, is ranked fifth for contested possessions in the side with 7.8 per game. Only behind Dangerfield, Selwood, Guthrie and Menegola. He also leads the Cats in pressure acts per game with 20.2 per match ahead of players like Brad Close and Cam Guthrie. Um, like critical piece of the cat season um, so not to far. Mention, not to mention mm. the jewel in his career crown. He won us our one and only win in trivia because we guessed him yes. over Joel Selwood. Exactly. Like He's we're got losing... a special place in the, in the hearts of the cats uh, and, the, and the chaps. And boys, yes. what are your thoughts? We didn't go the obvious choice and we won. We, mm-hmm. you know, we, we talked about it. Um, that was a big win over Uncle Framo, wasn't it? Um, are we going to mention that one every week? Because I don't think he's going to keep <laughs> listening to the pod if we do. He's, yes. he's going to come back and smash us next week. Yeah, just remember that one. He's reading up. Sh- um, episode that he watched live on Facebook where he thrashed you. That's right. It'll be, it'll be <laughs> like... Took you to the cleaners. Uncle Framo it's will come out of the woods like Rambo. He'll have his... He'll have his like bloody hut in the Russian wilderness. He'll be up there training. He comes out of it. Um, was that? Ro- I mean, I haven't seen the Rocky movies, so I'm just referencing, you know, whatever. Are you is saying? It, did you, is it wait, Rocky? did you say Rocky? Or, did you transition at one point from Rambo to Rocky, or are you talking about Rocky? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Same shit, different shovel. Oh, um, oh, oh my god! Oh my god! 
Don't get after me. And you me think what Jack. I said about Toby Green was controversial? If Jesus Jack, Christ. if Jack Johnson gets after me in the fucking Twitter mentions, get stuffed. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Oh, I feel what's, like what's, I feel like the difference. I feel like the fact that you've said you don't care means you really kind of care. <laughs> um, it is the same actor, isn't it? Stallone, Rocky, Rambo. The same actor, but same shit. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like fucking saying Romeo and Juliet is the same shit as Inception. Same actor. You know, I'm sure I said. I'm sure I said it'd be like wasn't Rocky he in, um, in his hut in the wasn't wilderness. he in Predator as well? <laughs> <laughs> that was Alien, John. Ah, right. Ah, right. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, I just... I, I definitely thought you were saying Rambo and then okay. was, uh, started saying Rocky. So, I don't know. Roll back the tape somewhere. So, yeah, someone with no life. Colin, <laughs> Colin. get out the yes. pencil and stick it in the gear and turn back the tape. Right. <laughs> Please do. Um, so, oh, anyway. we've, we've, we've desecrated this this unfortunate news with no. joke after joke. No, this yes. is... The thing so, Brendan Parfit. Parfit is injured. He's going to miss the season. It sucks a big one because he like I said crucial part of that engine room um I, you know I've sort of you feel like it's an opportunity for some guys around the squad to win that spot it's just another setback for this Cats team who have been like god count the injuries to major players um, and you know, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little bitch and a moan here just a it. little one about the media, the media. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> we need that's the sound drop we need. Is is the bit where in Bob's Burgers the dude says, "I'm going to report you to the media," and he runs out, <laughs> picks up his phone, and goes, doo, doo, doo. "Hello, the media." <laughs> <laughs> we need just the the media. I feel like Look, when you talk the media, the media, you need to be like in an Alex Jones kind of voice, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> let me gain about 170 pounds and put on a tinfoil hat. <laughs> lose lose about the same value in brain cells. Um, yeah, yes. continue. Um, the pissing and moaning in the pre-game, during the coverage, and then after the game for about forty minutes, not mentioning the injuries the Cats have. Now I said we don't like to bitch and moan about the injuries too much. Tom Stewart, I think, is an exception that we do bitch and moan too much about him being gone. But that's mm-hmm. you know, that's we're human. we're human, we're, we're human, and we're fans. These people aren't fans of GWS. They're the broadcasters the media. and all they would talk about was the injuries. Oh, if only, you know, oh, the, you know, coach coaching staff must be saying, just get, let us feel something even close to our best side and we'll give them a crack. Like the amount of times they harped on about the green, like the injuries and the suspension, blah, 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 blah. Not once did they mention Tom Stewart. Parfit leaving after he was gone. They friggin' forgot about him. They didn't mention him yeah. again. Like, I know that they've... I know... <clears throat> GWS have had a fraught season with injury. Uh, and I won't deny the effect it had on them. But if you're going to bring it up as an excuse for why this happened or that happened, you have to also offset it, in my opinion, in the, in the interest of being, as a presenter, being partial and unbiased you got to balance that out and kind of go, but to be fair, it's probably only about 80% of the Cats' best team. <laughs> yeah. But then the Giants also won against the Cats at home with the same amount of injuries. So they can't yeah. really say, 
oh, if they had this, they would win this week when they didn't have them and they did win last time. So that's, it's like that doesn't matter injuries. Sometimes if you played them recently, beat them with all the injuries, why can't you do it again? And yeah, it's hypocritical. It's hypocritical of me. I, I said after the Port Adelaide game, I said I would have loved to have seen that game with, with Tommy Stewart. I said it about the Melbourne game as well. Um, a Cats fan. But we, we are a Cats podcast. I hold them to different, different standards because they're not Channel 7 talks GWS or Channel 7 talks Richmond or whatever the fuck. Well, they are, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you if, know. We, if we were a general AFL podcast, then we would talk about all the bloody injuries and whatnot and why certain teams won and lost and the reason behind it. But the fact is we talk about one team. But there's a difference yeah. too. And, between... and yet we still acknowledge it more than they do. Absolutely. <laughs> there's a difference between saying, oh, you know, the Cats would have bloody flat out smashed this team if they had had, you know, player X, Y, and Z. And saying, we were outplayed on the night. I would have loved to see what we could have done if you had player X, Y, and Z in. You know what I mean? That's a deal. It's okay to acknowledge that if teams are missing crucial parts, they're going to be impacted. They're going to play differently. Now, the strength of a good team is that you have enough parts in the squad to, to you know, to paper over the holes, to patch up, you know, sort of leaks when they happen. Um, but I think an, an interesting off-season episode, um, uh, I spoke to you guys about it. One of the NFL podcasts I listened to, they talk about Jenga piece players. You know, who's the player that you remove from a team and it topples the Jenga piece? I think that is the interesting thing to look at. It's not not all injuries, not all you know player absences are created equal. It'd be interesting to go through, say, the eighteen teams in the AFL and go, who's the Jenga piece for that team? You know, um, I think it'd be really interesting to it'd be interesting to look at um, absolutely for each side. Um, so anyway, yeah, just shitty news for Brandon Parfit. Um, I believe he's going to have surgery over in WA. Um, but you know, young player, I think he'll be back and continue his rise. Um, you know, as one of the cat's best, you know, hard nut midfielders, um, silky skills in the wet, you know, was loving his sort of, you know, transformation into a Jimmy Bartel sort of type player, uh, in terms of his skill in the wet. Uh, and as I said, opens the door opens the door for some other players to crack into the side. So that's exciting. Um, do you guys have any Eddie Maguire wanker of the week? I don't. No, no. no. I think Look, uh, I think, I think there's a, there's a, uh, <laughs> a notable lesson in the Eddie Maguire of the week towards this end of the year. Cause I'm too worried about inviting too much bad juju. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to <laughs> shit on anyone from Mel from Melbourne or that has anyone thing, anything to do with Melbourne, lest I in, invite the bad karma. See, GWS is gone, so I can shit on Toby Green now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know. I'm feeling. I'm. I'm feeling strangely more zen and and all welcoming towards the end of the year when I'm trying to invite the good karma. All right. Then. Well, he, here's a here's a little impromptu segment for you. Um, the this is the chat chat cats. This is Jesus. the chat chat cats. Good karma corner. Just nominate something from the weekend that made you feel good. Doesn't have to be from the the cats footy game, but just something from the world of AFL that made you feel warm and fuzzy. 
about well, about I'll go. Three. I'll go. For, I'll go for one straight off the bat because I was going to mention it in the conversation we were just having about injuries, but I wanted to let us move on. But while you mention it, uh, and I'll need to because I have a terrible memory. Mm-hmm. Worse for anyone that's not wearing the hoops, I have a bad memory of players. <laughs> but even worse for their coaches. Okay. What the what the frick is the goddamn GWS's coach's name? Uh, Leon Cameron. Cameron. Oh my god! Thank you. Um, I thought his press conference was quite classy. I thought he did a really good job at dodging the questions about injuries. And it was, again, the reporters asking, oh, didn't you want to have Green? Oh, didn't you want to have Hogan? Blah, blah, blah. Did you, did you say to yourself, oh, just, you know, just give me one of those players back. Um, and I, I, I don't have quotes or verbatim. Um, yeah like <laughs> recounting of, of what he said, but he was just very gracious in defeat. I thought he didn't bitch and moan at all about the injuries in the way that some coaches have in the past. Um, and I, yeah, I just thought he was, I thought he was visibly disappointed. It wasn't like he was shrugging it off, but he was just, just very um, open and honest about the fact that that's, a reality of the game and you can't just throw your hands up because you, you, you lose a player or two that like, you've got to go on and do your best job to win the game. And basically he felt like they, they did, but the, the cats were just too experienced and um, in that moment. And yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was, was noteworthy that he didn't fucking have, have a bit of a fart about injuries and suspensions. In a world full nice. of Damien Hardwick excuse makers, Leon Cameron yes. is a shining light. No, absolutely. Uh, what about you, Johnny? What absolutely. have you got for us on the chat? Um, Pat's good karma corner. I'm just going to give a good one to the AFL media. We normally don't give them good karma. The media? The media. <laughs> but <laughs> for finally recognising the uh, impact and what the rat can bring to the Geelong Cats. Mm. They all said, yeah, yeah, five touches, but they thought what he brought was far more important than the five touches he he got. And I was mm. like, yeah, that's good. Finally, they're recognising what we see in him, that he's a really important player to the Cats and he brings a lot more than just getting the touches he gets. It's about creating those contests and getting up there and not always trying to mark it, but just trying to get it to ground into good positions. Like he's in a ruck contest, but in the forward 50 and it's been kicked in that area. So yeah, it was good. I thought it was good on the media for finally recognizing the rat in a better light. Good on you. Um, good on them. In fact, mm, what yeah, about you, Jake? Um, I'm going to just nominate. Uh, uh, I was going to say the whole Brisbane, Brisbane, um, Bulldogs final, um, you know, for just being a great game of footy that that makes you kind of go, oh, this is why it's such a great sport. But I'm going to go specific. I'm going to go a couple of players whose games I enjoyed watching, and that was Charlie Cameron. I know it was it was pretty much just a first quarter. That guy is, for me, not only one of the best small forwards in the competition, he's just one of the best forwards in the competition, um, regardless of size. He is the focal point. You know, a lot of, you know, teams and people think of a forward line being built around the big forwards. You know, you've got your big focal point key forward, and then you've got your little forwards who are kind of a side part to it. He's the focal point. He is the spearhead of that Brisbane attack. Um, 
that goal on the run was just spectacular. It was goosebump worthy. Um, that run and to, to be able to finish with that class at that speed, just incredible. And yeah. my other little one is a guy who I've been watching kind of closely the last couple of weeks is um, Liberatore from the dogs, you know, in a midfield that's full of, you know, stud athletes in a, in a sport that's full of stud athletes. I watched Liberatore like not even when he was on the ball this week, he just literally just slow jogs around the field. You never see him sort of, you know, gut running or sprinting. He literally sort of just plods around the field and, you know, gets his hand on the ball a lot, brings other players into it. I think those supreme athletes, your Bontempelli's and that sort of thing, wouldn't get their hands on the footy as much if it wasn't for little rough diamonds like Liberatore doing the hard stuff, winning the hard ball and getting it to them. So just two players at different sort of, you know, athletic abilities um, in Charlie Cameron and Tom Liberatore uh, to me, making me feel good about footy and that, you know, different play. It takes different types of players to make the game go. You are, uh, you, you proved your point that there well with, with, with Libba for a moment. I was going to ask if you only actually watched the first quarter because you picked out Cameron and Libba, but, yeah. <laughs> but you, <laughs> um but but no that's yeah it's a it's a good point um i feel like we've we've already compared liber to menegola today but i would probably do it again that i think they're they're similar kind of not necessarily similar style in the way Mm. that they they use the ball but just in terms of their function for the side they're Mm. they're definitely not the guy that gets all the love and attention from the media Mm. but they are so very integral to the way that those superstars go about their day. <laughs> and, and, you know, at the end of the day, he's, you know, like so consistent. If you look back across his season, his season you know, where, where are the games where he's not getting, you know, 20 plus touches um, and, you know, and, and getting the footy to the, no. you know, to not those other players. Goal. Well, look at like, yeah, the, the two goals he kicked early on, you know, when the game was, you know, maybe being, when Brisbane got up and about and that sort of thing, you know, you already had some goals in the bank from Liberatore early. Is um, is Liver yeah. a barometer, Jake? Oh, <laughs> you could yeah. say that. Oh, oh, oh. I think he is. I think he is. <laughs> He's calling it. He's and, calling the barometer. Hey, hey, he yeah. might he might be the Jenga piece for the for the Bulldogs. I reckon. I reckon he would be. He'd be close. Absolutely. Um, from for me. Close. Um, also, sorry, I mean, we should move on. Dane Zorko played, he, speaking about consistent players, holy shit, he is a consistent. Until he got missed two goals and kicked him out on the full and potentially. Zorko did, did he? Cost, oh, yeah, yeah he did. I, I think it was him. All I know is. You did he, only watch the first quarter, Jake. <laughs> no, no, I don't know um, if he missed the shots of goal, but he, he just had a lot of the ball. Again, like, I don't think he's in the side to kick goals. He's in the side to win the footy. It's yeah. not his job. Did, Absolutely. Did he? Was it Zorko you know, that missed? I, I don't know who the guy's name it? is that's in my head, but I think. It might have been someone else. You know who. Um, was it, was it Zach Bailey? Does he play for Brisbane? Yeah, or? Zach Bailey plays for Brisbane. It might have been him. You know who cost him? It's bloody Pooh Mustache. Joe Danaher bobbing up, <laughs> bobbing up for one bloody. Well, I mean, this is the good karma corner. So I better let's just leave. Let's just 
say it's... namaste and we'll no no he's he's he's, he's an exception they're out <laughs> as well they can't they the brisbane juju can't do anything no <laughs> it's i think i think it's, it's insulting jake it's insulting is... to poos to call his mustache a poo mustache <laughs> it's a shot at best okay <laughs> It's a it's a it's a fart that just had to get up and go to carry some shit with it. It's not a poo, okay? I'm sorry. I get passionate about football, and these are the these are the things that matter. And yeah, you're right. He, oh yes, he was shit, he, um, just like his mustache. He definitely <laughs> could be one of those ones that cost Brisbane the game. Well, I just think you know. Oh, the media definitely set it out as he was the one. Bob, well, and I don't. You can't just blame one player, I guess. But like, and look, it wasn't. It wasn't so much that he did anything particularly wrong. It was more the expectation versus reality of you would. You would think he was the guy <laughs> that would set things right. That yeah. he would be the one to save it and set I things thought, on fire. I thought you were going to say he didn't really do anything wrong, but he just didn't do anything right <laughs> particularly right. Well, kind of. I mean, he he yeah. did set up one pretty good goal, but he just he didn't lift to the big moment. I think the way that the fans and team and, and were hoping and that I think the, the media kind of assumed he would, that he would be the, I don't know, the, the dusty Martin, that he might be one of those guys to step up at finals times and get a, get a few bloody newspaper covers and some, some, and he just, he just kind of was a bit of a flash in the pan for the evening. Well, when Cameron got shut down, the, the expectation I imagine would have been, well, now it's time for your big free agent signing, you know, you, you, um, you know, to, to step up and maybe clunk a few marks and, and kick a few goals. And it just, it didn't happen, which I'm sure he's as <laughs> cut up about as, as anyone. Um, Sorry, right. just, I was Googling to, I was Googling go. to try and find if Zorko missed. Or not, and I couldn't find I couldn't find that. But I just I did just while we're shitting on the media. How's this for a for a headline from it's this is from 2020? But Brisbane Lions gain Zorko's son for cries over loss to Richmond. (laughs) What? Talk about just like that's the that's the media in a nutshell. That's that's that's. I was going to say slow news week, but it obviously wasn't. They had the game to cover. That's <laughs> that's that the was the the. That's their headline. His four year old son cried because they lost. Oh, oh no, shit! Oh my god. Um. <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's let's get on to. There is one final bit of business to take care of, chaps. Um. I tweeted out, and this is sort of foreshadowing. As we said, there's going to be a lot of off season content. Um, we're not going to stop. We're not, we're not going to have an off season. We're going to hammer right on through at an episode a week. Um, but one of the things I asked the fans, the listener out there, um, was who they thought the Long Cats most improved player this year is. And this is sort of just a bit of foreshadowing because I think we should give an actual official award, but just wanted to test the waters with where you guys are at at the moment. Who do you think the most improved Cats player this year is. Now, the nominations um, on Twitter, Danderfield said Jack Henry or Brad Close for sure. Michael Bodie agreed, said the only possible nominees. Um, uh, Mal Cats said Jack Henry. Uh, and for most of the year, Brad Close. In the VFL, definitely Oscar. 
Brownless and Stefan Akunbo. Um, also said Zach Guthrie mentioned too. Uh, Michael said hard to go past Jack Henry. He was already a good player, but he's become one of our most important players with Stewart out. Statistically, one of the best one-on-one defenders in the league. He's become a great intercept mark. Five against GWS and two and a half per game this season. Uh, I've got my own sort of nominations and thoughts, but what about you chaps? Uh, I'll go to you, Sambo, first. Who do you think is your most improved player this season for the Cats? It's interesting because you kind of got to look at... It's hard to say most improved because you, you're looking at like a player that's already really good. Mm. Like if you look at, at yeah, Jack, you got two ends of the spectrum for my nominees. Mm. One being Henry, the other one being Holmes. And okay. in the middle, I've got Zach Guthrie. Yep. Now, Henry is already a really good player who has, as mentioned so well by the, by the listener, that he has gone from a really good player to being an integral part of our squad. But is the amount that he has improved more impressive than the amount that Holmes has improved, who has literally more than doubled, it was more than tripled, wasn't it? More than tripled his, his tackle count per game. Mm. So, and then, and then for me, Guthrie and probably close as well are in the middle Actually, close is probably more close to the Jack Henry end, but Zach Guthrie for me is in the middle between them. That he he's not as just completely green and being blooded in the way that Holmes was, but he's improved. He has not yet improved to the level that Henry's at. So they're my three that I can think of off the top of my head, off the cuff. Um, that I'll think about more, but that's kind of, I feel like the gamut that you're looking at. It's either a really new player who's basically gone from an Oz kid, kid to someone that doesn't just keep fucking up, yeah. <laughs> which is a, which is an immense leap. Or you look at someone like Henry, who's gone from being a really good player to being just vital and dependable and just supremely con- uh, consistent. What I would say about the Henry one is the Henry improvement, I think, has a lot to do with the way his squad mates view him and use him as it does about how his individual ball skills have improved. Mm -hmm. And I would hazard that it's his vision and understanding of the game that's improved, whereas Holmes is more, it's just his, his ability is, is improving in real time you can watch it sorry i've waffled on no. but it was an it was an interesting prospect to just say yeah. the most improved when you've got so many different kinds of improvement well i'll give you some stats and oh, then i'll sorry. throw to you was Johnny. that a chris got answer as well no, no. <laughs> no, i think it was a great it was a great answer um i've got some stats on two of the plays you talked about and then i'll throw to you johnny um i thought about max holmes but I think there's some other jumps that have been more significant. Um, I think Jack Henry, he's played four seasons. His first three, Mm. you know, if you look at statistical production, were sort of very similar. This year has been pretty stark in terms of the jump. He's gone from averaging about seven and a, uh, what are we, about 10 disposals per game to averaging 14 this year. Uh, He's gone from, averaging around four marks a game to six and a half marks per game. 
he's gone from winning last two seasons combined. He'd won 15 free kicks and given away 28. Uh, this season, he's won 17 free kicks and only given away seven. I think his, his jump has been immense. Now, the other guy we talk about is Brad Close. He's had two seasons last year, obviously his, his rookie year. Feels like he's been here longer. Um, he averaged eight disposals per game year one, only played the eight matches. This year he's played 21 games, averaged 13 disposals, averaged 1.6 marks last year. He's averaged 2.8 this year. Um, he's won 25 free kicks, only given away seven this year. He's booted 15 goals, 10. Um, so I think, I think both of those guys have made big jumps. Uh, what about you, Johnny? Who, who are you sort of considering? Are you in the same ballpark as us? Yeah, it's very similar ballpark. But I'm also thinking of um, chucking Ray Stanley in there. Mm-hmm. As one of the most improved. Well, I, I also think... Been, Sorry, you go. Improving over the, over the year in the last few weeks has been really good. What about even, even I was thinking about Dangerfield, you know, how we said like mm. maybe statistically you can't see it, but I think this has been one of Dangerfield's better years as a decision maker. It's been my favorite Patrick Dangerfield season so far because to me it seemed more team focused and less me focused on the footy field. Mm. Well, it's been, a, it's been a big shift in you, Jake, in terms of you specifically. We're never a big, I mean, well, the hoops, obviously, and he kicked a, yeah. a bucket of goals here and there. But you up. were specifically never a never a danger field um, uh, lover. And mm. where, and I feel like the big shift came in. It was kind of the the peak of your disdain for him was the suspension, the bump, mm. uh, and it was a bit of a make or break. And this is, I'm talking for you here, but I, I kind of think I felt it to a lesser degree in terms of the way he came back from that suspension was a little bit, not make or break for the club in any way, but make or break in, in terms of the way we viewed him as, as a, as a part of that club and the, and the unit. And I think he's, he not only came back the way I wanted him to, but I think more so than I would have thought, like, he came out, his skills have in no way diminished, but his, his mentality and his focus is, is just improved tenfold, I think. Yeah, exa- exactly. That's absolutely. And that's a hard thing to change, you know, in the back end it of is. your career. Yes. Um, yeah. And someone's opinion, a fa- a, you know, a, a, as is in yourself, Jake, like changing someone's opinion on the sideline, as we all know, uh, sticks. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when you when you form a, a an attachment to someone or a, a distaste for someone, mm. they have to work real damn hard to change your to change your mind as a viewer or as a as an audience member. And he has done it. So right now, who would you if we if we're handing out the award right now, who would you give it to, Johnny? Who would you who would you go? I'll go Reece Stanley. All right, John's going to go Stanley Sambo. <laughs> I'd probably, as I said. The two ends of my spectrum are Henry and um, Holmes mm-hmm. in terms of the type of improvement with Zach Guthrie bang in the middle. I think I would give it to Close, who I think sits somewhere between Zach Guthrie and Henry in terms of the level he was starting at this year 
to where he's at now. Now, I think Henry is the best player of that group, but I still think his improvement started last year. I think where he started this year was miles ahead, whereas whereas close was close was great. He had potential always, but he was a he was a bit of a goober. You know, mm. he was just he was a real hard worker, but not. Mm. You know, I just never never fully knew what kind of player was he was and what was going to happen. I knew he was going to be there and throw his effort in and, and chuck his body at it. Whereas this year he's become like another Menegola, you know, he's become one of those dudes that you just need every week and you just always know something's going to happen when he gets the ball or when he's lining the tackle. So I think, yeah, I think I'd go close. All right, cool. Yeah. Nice. I think I would lean the same only because, you know, he's a guy who's gone from playing eight games last year and now playing pretty much every game this year. Whereas Jack Henry has mm. pretty much been a starter since 2018. You know, he's played I, over I do, I, games in all four years. I do think Henry, Henry late last year and into the finals was, was pretty fucking great. Was, was yeah. like really good to watch. He really had our attention by that point. And so, as I said, I think he's phenomenal now. But I think the jump with close is just a little more, more noticeable. But for for pure, for pure eyeballs in terms of like like I said like the light switch, I think it's 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 Guthrie in terms of just going. It feels like one game he was just hopeless mm. with some potential to just being really. So I think yeah, but no, close is close has my final vote as it stands at the moment. All right, excellent. Well, you guys. I think we've covered it all. I think we'll have our live show um, on Friday night previewing the, you know, the next massive game in our season, the prelim final, trying to win our way through, you know, the Cats to their second consecutive grand final against, you know, raging hot favourites, the Melbourne Demons. We'll get our live show to you probably from about seven o'clock on Facebook. Remember, we're going to have a massive off season of episodes, um, you know, doing all sorts of different things. So make sure you keep listening, spread the good word of the Chap Chat Cats. Give us those five-star reviews. We want to hit double figures. We've got three at the moment. We need seven more listeners to go and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If, if you hit- guys out there that have already given us yep. the five-star, if you can just get one more, one of your friends or family to give us one, then we're at six. We're over halfway there. Halfway there. Oh, so we're halfway there. Second week in a row I've sung that song. Um, that was that was better than last week. Though. Thank you. Um, so yeah, go. Let's get most improved figures. player, Jake. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Double figures okay, yes. by this time next week. Five star. That thing, I was trying to find out if Dane Zorko missed oh. the ball out on out on the full, and well, yes, he did. Fair enough. Um, well, he I'll just go. John was deter- determined to prove Zorko as a sh- as a shit kick. Yeah, he did. They had it. They had two out on the full kicks. Yeah. I didn't know one was Zorko, but they had two out on the full kicks they in those did. last like four minutes when they were when they all they needed was a point to like to, think, to take the lead, and they I kicked think two Lockie out. Neal was one of them, probably. I'll just go fuck of myself. Of Charlie Cameron. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> I said I'll just yeah, go fuck um, myself. Yeah. Bloody why Bulldogs player? I love it. I just, uh, Johnny's, Johnny's had a great revenge revenge narrative here. You know, he sat at his sitting on that fifteen tr- minutes. I thought I thought you must have been trying to say something and the the the, the delay had been we couldn't hear you, so we're talking and you were just getting shitty because we weren't like responding. You know, I was I was going fuck myself, people. <laughs> 
could happen. Um, <gasps> but I think um, I think Lockie Neal kicked one out the floor, yeah. got a free kick, and Charlie Cameron was going to take it, and then he ran up and took it off him. He did. He did. He kicked it, mm. and it was it was a it was a big hoof. I don't know why he went for goal from there, but I won't lose any sleep over Lockie Neal fucking up. No. I think right. Charlie Cameron would be pretty pissed because I think Cameron probably would have gotten that one. Well, let's say he would, just to make Neil feel worse. Absolutely. <laughs> We've been the champion. They can shit on the lines because they're not in anymore. They're gone now. They've, they're gone. They've taken their juju with them. Yep. If we lose this against Melbourne, it's nothing about skill. It's only the bad juju we brought on ourselves from shitting on Max Gorn all year. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We'll live with it. Or we won't. Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Appreciate your right. listenership. The shit would um, just roll off Max Gorn's egghead. That's right. And on to, <laughs> on to Danaher's upper lip. What a shit, what a shit, what a shit talking this episode. <laughs> shit and fish. All yeah. stuff that lives in the ocean. What's your um, lesson for the listeners? What's the third lesson you've got for us, Mish? My lesson? Mm. What's your fact? What's your factoid? It was the fact. I did have a really great factoid. Um, oh, here's a factoid for you. Um, the uh, top, I can't remember how many of them, billionaires in the world increased their wealth by 61% during the uh, COVID times. So there you go. Hopefully. Average I, liked, I would have liked if you had had the amount of billionaires. doesn't feel so much like a fact when you say things like that. Oh, God, let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it. I'm racing against the clock here. I'm racing against you the are. clock You're trying to clock. find. Look out. Oh, Look out. Come on. Oh. Billi- billionaires make money in COVID. It's gone. Go Cats. Go Cats. You <laughs> failed.